Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're a member of the Virginia Audio Collective and the Family Podcast Network, and we're on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM, and 820 a.m. across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. On this episode, we're joined by Troy Bannister, the CEO and co-founder of Particle Health, a healthcare technology company focused on developing solutions for more seamless data sharing and interoperability across a labyrinth of electronic health records, systems, and interfaces to ultimately help enhance care outcomes. We'll delve more into what that means in a moment, but first, welcome to the program, Troy. Thank you, Julian. Thanks for having me. Well, it's our pleasure, and we appreciate you being with us. So let's just start by talking philosophy. Troy, as I'm sure you well know, we're in an era where new advancement and innovation by startups is often characterized as a seismic, air quote, disruption. In thinking about Mm -hmm. what Particle's capabilities are to strengthen healthcare data exchange, how do you personally characterize its offerings and their potential to influence continuing progress and evolution in the healthcare space? Yeah, so I think the seismic change concept is a real thing, but I think it's rare and I think it's iterative. Just pulling an example out of the air, you think about Uber, right? Definitely changed the way that we get around. I remember the days when, you know, you were trying to get from A to B and you had to hail down a taxi or call a call center. But what Uber started with was just one city, a handful of black luxury cars, and they just kind of started small. And now, you know, they've expanded out internationally and have all sorts of different services from food to even medical transportation. So I think it's an iterative change over a long period of time until you actually reach that point where you might not even realize it at the time, but you go, oh, wow, we just made a size of change. I think it takes a long time. And I think even in healthcare, it takes longer. There's more bumps in the road and, and longer cycles. So I do agree with the premise. I just think it takes a long time to actually reach that point. And how would you make your elevator pitch about what particularly, or I should say specifically, Particle Health does? I gave a brief description, but I'd love to hear it directly from you. The way I like to explain it, if you've ever used Venmo before, the app that allows you to share five bucks from your bank account to five bucks at your friend's bank account, Mm -hmm. that app would not be possible without another company that some people know about called Plaid. Plaid is a technology company that connects all the banks together across the United States. And they've done all the hard legwork of plugging in, standardizing the data, building out the security and privacy protocols, contracting and standardizing those contracting, those issues and friction points. So that if I'm a startup, I can go straight to Plaid, build an application, and I don't have to worry about all that stuff. It's just done for me. And so Particle does something very similarly. We work across the United States with most of the electronic medical record providers and health information networks to kind of aggregate together a single unified data sharing point where organizations can come to Particle. We have one contract, we have one API, we have one data standard, and within you know 24 hours, you can start exchanging information across the entire United States. So it's a very similar premise. The technology and the way it works is obviously very different, but the premise is very similar. Well, I appreciate that explanation and really taking us through sort of the technological connective tissue, if you will. In recent years, Virginia has moved forward with implementation of what's known as the Unitas Shared Technology Platform, which is a coordinated care yeah. network for healthcare and social service providers connected through a shared technology platform that enables participants to send and receive electronic referrals and address patient social needs and improve health across communities by focus on both direct care and post-care community-based services. The strength of that platform 
platform in part is based on stakeholder uptake and adoption. In hearing mm-hmm. that description, it sounds like you're familiar with this platform. Is there any similarity with that and the services you offer? And sort of more specifically, is some of the effectiveness, whether it's of that platform or your platform, contingent upon widespread adoption and utilization? Yeah, so I know Dan over at Unite Us a little. I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. I think the kind of reality is across the United States, there's a patchwork of different networks and different ecosystems of data exchange. Some are oriented towards very specific specialty-oriented things. So in United's case, it's social determinants of health and it's community services. And that is kind of the platform that they've chosen to build. In other areas, you might have a state-run and state-funded health information exchange that works across a network of hospitals. You might look nationally and find that, you know, Epic, the EMR, has their own Mm -hmm. network, Care Everywhere. What Particle does is it tries to leverage all of them. So behind our network is a bunch of different networks. And people kind of refer to Particle as a network of networks. And so our job is to go find those really great organizations that are building these little smaller patchwork ecosystems and pull them all together into one unified ecosystem. We don't have all of them today, but we we have access to over 300 million people's medical records. The way the API works is you just submit somebody's name, date of birth, address, phone number. And from there, we go out to all of our network partners and we look for matches of data and we can collect all that data together and standardize it. So we are leveraging a bunch of different networks. We're kind of definitely standing on the shoulder of giant to make this happen. Do you wish you could focus on practicing medicine without all the distractions? Covaris is here to help. As a leader in medical professional liability insurance with more than 45 years experience, Covaris provides insurance protection with data-driven predictive modeling to help you mitigate the risk of claims. By combining insurance protection with risk analytic services, you can reduce distractions and focus on improving clinical, operational, and financial outcomes. Covaris is reinventing what you should expect from your medical professional liability provider. Find out all Covaris can offer you at Covaris.com. That's C-O-V-E-R-Y-S.com. Insurance products issued by Medical Professional Mutual Insurance Company and its insurance subsidiaries, Boston, Massachusetts. We're talking now about patient data, and you mentioned privacy concerns just a moment ago. There are, of course, a thicket of statutory safeguards, including HIPAA and and many others, to protect privacy and sensitive information. At the same time, there are also accessibility concerns and considerations Mm -hmm. in an increasingly digital world where patients and providers need to be able to see records on demand in real time. So as you approached, you and your team, developing Particle Health solutions to record sharing and information sharing and leveraging data, what approach have you taken to bridge the those competing and contrasting considerations? Yeah. So, you know, security and privacy is always number one. And it's kind of a cheesy thing to say, right? You're like, okay, got it. But it is. You have to do it. It's the black or white answer. Are you fully all the way compliant with the security and privacy rules or are you not? And so you have to be. It's just table stakes. What I think has happened over the last 20 plus years since the HIPAA rule was created was most organizations, I think, have leaned much more on the side of Let's restrict access to be safe. And that's, that's okay. You have to remember though, the P in HIPAA does not stand for privacy. It stands for portability. Mm-hmm. The real intent of HIPAA was to create clear lanes of data exchange for treatment, payment, and operations use cases. Meaning if I'm a doctor and you show up at my hospital, I should be able to easily get your medical records. I don't need to go through a hundred loopholes to access your information to most effectively treat you. 
But what's happened is most of the organizations around the United States have opted into the counter perspective of we're just not going to make this data available full stop. Um, it's just, it's not, it's risky and I don't think we're going to get fined. <laughs> right. And in fact, most folks haven't been fined by it. There's fines every year, but it's not, it's not overwhelming. What particle aims to do is kind of eliminate that piece where if we have the right connections and we have the right access and we have the right policies in place that are either provider mediated data exchange or consumer individual oriented uh, data exchange, meaning I have the right to share my data with whoever I want to. That is the clear fundamental stance of the government today. A new rule passed a couple of years ago called anti-information blocking. It was under the 21st Century Cures Act. And that rule, as it sounds, is meant to stop the blocking of access of information. And so there's a clear issue right now in the United States that essentially makes it very difficult for data to be exchanged. And so there's a lot of policy and regulation and soon some pretty hefty fines coming down the pipe for organizations that are not sharing data when consumers want to access it. Well, I appreciate you taking us through all the ins and outs of those intricacies. It is really uh, fascinating and enlightening to hear. If people want to learn more about Particle Health, where would you direct them online, uh, website, social media accounts, anything like that? Where can people find out more information about your company? ParticleHealth.com. You can create a free account in there, and we've got tons of information about the rules, the technology, the status of the network, upcoming legislation, lots of information in there. Well, ParticleHealth.com is that address, and certainly we would encourage anybody who's listening to this and interested in learning more to visit that website. Now that we've talked about your company, Particle Health, Troy, I do want to explore your personal journey a bit. From what I've read online, your path to this point has taken you through multiple stops in healthcare, including work as an EMT in college, and then, this is my word, so forgive me for editorializing, a disillusioned med student, then a clinical, <laughs> then a clinical researcher, which ultimately led you to the formation of Particle Health. If you would, can you just tell us more about the path you took, how it got you to this point, and what insights you might have discovered along the way. Yeah, it's a long and winding story, but the short version is I was very interested in becoming an EMT when I got to college, so I just signed up for a class on a whim. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm in the ambulance, I'm 18 years old, and I'm treating patients. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I just was enamored by the world of medicine. And so that you know, pushed me into switching from business school to pre-med, going to med school. And, you know, the word you used was 100% accurate, <laughs> uh, disillusion. That was not for me. I was not going to be a happy doctor. And I don't think anyone wants an unhappy doctor. <laughs> so I ended up graduating instead with a master's in biophysics and physiology, which I took and started running some clinical trials in New York. Enjoyed that, but got very interested in the technology side of healthcare, which was in its kind of early stages at the time. The one you missed was I was working at a small venture capital fund in New York City, investing in very early stage digital health companies. And it was there that this problem really crystallized for me. You know, whether I was in the ambulance, the hospital, doing research or working with entrepreneurs in healthcare, nobody had seamless access to data. And I saw it very acutely, right? I'd pick up a patient in the ambulance and I would have no idea what their medical history is. I'm giving them oxygen and I don't know if they have COPD. Mm -hmm. And so I saw this as an issue. Then in, in the clinical trials, right, we're trying to enroll patients into these trials and we don't know what their medical histories are. What are their comorbidities? What are their lab tests? Can we give them an experimental drug, <laughs> right? And so that was very cute there. And then the real crystallizing point was I was working with several entrepreneurs that we had invested in and none of them were able to access data on the patients that they were trying to manage virtually. And I thought that was just mind-blowing. The real culminating point was I was actually in San Francisco. I saw Joe Biden give a speech, 
And he was talking about how when his son, who passed away, was going through cancer treatment, he was unable to get his son's records from hospital A to hospital B. And he was the acting vice president of the United States at the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a real, real problem. And so that was the kind of real tipping point for me to say, I'm going to go start this company. Well, I will say here at the association, we have a robust data analytics department and the work that they do, especially even before the pandemic, but especially during the pandemic, to just provide real-time insights and data on the impact of the pandemic on hospitalizations and on the healthcare delivery system and on resources and supplies and so many other things has really just been an eye-opening reminder of the importance and power of using big data uh, to drive decision-making for organizations. So certainly fascinating to have this conversation with you and hear about the work you're doing. And before we let you go, Troy, to close, it is a tradition on the podcast to ask our guests a few personal questions to give our audience a sense Mm -hmm. of who they are beyond the work that they do. To keep things interesting, we have a list of 10 mystery questions. So we'll ask you to give us two numbers between one and 10, and then Mm -hmm. I will give you the corresponding questions why do I have a feeling one of these numbers is deeply, deeply personal? <laughs> well, we said they're personal um, questions, about, so I, <laughs> I guess it depends yeah. on how you define deeply how personal. Let's, let's go with five and eight. Okay, five. If you could spend the day with one person from history, living or otherwise, who would it be and why? That's a great question. I would probably spend it with, I would, you know what? I would probably spend it with Barack Obama. I met him very briefly one time. He left a big impression on me, and I've always had a interest in following up and spending, you know, a lunch with him. So I'll pick him. Okay. And then number eight you selected, share with us one memory from your life that whenever you think of it, it makes you smile. Hmm. My family always used to go out to Sun River, Oregon every summer. They would always set up this kind of observatory with telescopes at night. And the families would kind of go there and look at the stars and planets. And there was this one night we were there and a small meteorite came through the atmosphere and exploded in this really vibrant green color. And it was a very magical moment. And I would definitely revisit that if I could. Sounds like an awesome thing to witness. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. And with that, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are available. And we want to once again thank our guest, Troy Bannister, CEO and co-founder of Particle Health, for joining us today. So thank you, Troy. Awesome. Thanks so much. 